Blog Talk Radio. fans to another fabulous edition of the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. You know it's your host, Neek, my man, Mr. C, better known as Chuck the Scholar, who is in sunny California, better known as the beautiful Hollywood, L.A. Man, what's going on? Uh, I just had to do that nope on you because it is not sunny right now. It's overcast. It's cold. Out here, I mean, it ain't raining or nothing, but it's a little chilly, you know, but it's all relative because chilly out here is like low 60s, high 50s, which at this point in time in in the Midwest, Ohio, northern states, you know, that's, you know, that's shorts weather. You know what I mean? That's it's going out t-shirt weather, you know, upper 50s, lower 60s. But out here in L.A., people got on Eskimo coats. You know what I mean? People got scarves on with scullies on, you know, so, you know, so it's not sunny Southern California right now, but you know what? It won't last long, Neek, and we'll be back to that beautiful weather while the west, while the while the rest of the country is digging a digging a car out of <laughs> digging a car out the snow, throwing down that salt on the sidewalk, shoveling that snow off the sidewalk. But you know what? It's it's all good, man, because Cali- Southern California is a beautiful thing. Like I said, it's a little nippy right now. Uh, right now, there's an available head coach position you know, just up the street from where I'm at. So if any of y'all out there, any of y'all NFL head coaches out there looking for a job, you know, just put in your resume here at the LA Rams and I'll put in a good word for you. And Jeff Fisher, bruh, just go to just go to TV, man. Just just go to TV. <laughs> you don't need to be coaching no more. Just go to TV. You your run, you had a nice long run that shouldn't have been as long as it was. So enjoy your career, man. Just pull it, pull the John Gruden, get up in that booth somewhere and still be connected to the game of football, but away from the game of football, if you know what I mean. It's all good, Nick. So, yeah, I don't know what, if you asked the question. I don't know what happened. I just went on the rant because it's cold. <laughs> it's cold right now, man, but it's all good. Ah, that's all right, man. You know I love when you go on the rant. That's what we do, man. That's why I love us, man, because one minute we dropping that hot fire. That good knowledge, and next thing we just go off deep in, we just freestyle, and that's the beautiful thing about you being a scholar, man. You sometimes you all over the place, but that's good, man, because I love you, man. You know, so but anyway, just to clarify, fans, what Chuck is talking about is that the Los Angeles Rams head coach, former head coach Jeff Fisher, was found. Hold on, hold on, let me look around here. I'm looking for the trash can. Was he in the trash can, man? What happened? What trash can? We was oh no 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 he was not in the trash can because he got dropped out. Yes, the Rams finally made the wise decision and got rid of this man. Because you know, you and I, you know how we feel about Fisher. He is not an NFL head coach. And I can't believe his ass lasted that long. 
and general manager, man, Les Need. I can't believe you decided to give him a contract extension last week. But you guys said, eh, I think we made a wrong move on that. And I think the owner probably came to you and told you, Sneed, that your ass is about to be on the way out here, too. So then you had to go ahead and make the move and get rid of Jeff Fisher. So congratulations on that. Actually, I ain't going to congratulate you at all because his ass should have been gone a long time ago. So anyway, Chuck, I got to ask you this question now. So we know that Fisher's ass is gone because we know the Rams, man. This is Hollywood. This is the big ticket, the big stage. And I feel bad for those fans. I ain't going to feel bad. Actually, I will. I do feel a little bad for those fans because, you know, football's back in L.A. And this is this is Hollywood, the big ticket. They want to see a good show. But that show that Fisher was putting out there, that team, was a horror show. I mean, it was just terrible. I mean, it was so predictable. That offense was so vanilla. I mean, you have one of the best young running backs in the game, but you only want to give him the ball 10, 11 times a game when you have a rookie quarterback. What sense does that make? So, therefore, I want to ask you this, Chuck. Hold on, on, Nick. I got to cut you off. Got to do the rude. And you forgot they paid Tavon Austin money like he was the number one receiver knowing that dude ain't the number one receiver. To be honest, on most teams, he ain't the number two receiver. And they ain't hating on him. He's, he's, he's uh, as as the pros like to say, he's very dynamic. You know I mean? But he should not be getting number one receiver money because he's not the number one receiver. He's barely a number two re- wide receiver on the right team. He's a three wide he's a, he's a he, he should be the third slot type guy. Yes, you could play on the outside occasionally, but – those are just two examples of why this L.A. Rams team was so bad and Fisher had to go. Yeah, because no, – I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm about to get into it, but I just want to pick you off what you're saying, man, because when you look at it right now, Kenny Britt is having an excellent season, you know, by the turns, by the standards of him in this Rams offense. I mean, Kenny Britt, 63 catches, 937 yards, okay? Tavon Austin, we talking about a little Smurf gadget guy who only has 51 catches for 643 yards, but he's getting paid number one wide receiver money. Come on, man. That money needs to go to Kenny Britt. I understand, Chuck, you and I, we don't believe Kenny Britt should be getting paid like that, but Kenny Britt has had a solid, good 2016 season with a Casey Keenan quarterback and with a Jared Goff quarterback. So, hey, you know, I mean, come on, man. Tavon Austin getting all that money, man. Look what Kenny Britt has done. But I just got to ask you this, Chuck. Who these are some candidates I'm gonna throw at you, and I want you to pick out who do you think will be a good fit to be the next Rams head coach. All right, first one I'm gonna throw at you is Josh McDaniels, and you got about a minute, man. You got to fly through this, man, because you know we gotta get through these games this week. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely down for Josh McDaniels. I think you know he it was growing, it was a a growing opportunity for him when he was a coach with the Denver Broncos. He made a lot of mistakes. Uh, but you know what? He's a smart guy, and he can learn from those mistakes, and he's very, very talented. Some people might say, oh, he, it's because he has Tom Brady. No, it's, he's a very smart and talented dude uh, who's very creative, uh, and I think given the right situation, he can make a pretty damn good head coach, but it, it, things have to change in L.A. for it to be the right situation for him, but they can't go wrong in bringing him in. It's them is the Rams organization that has to change, not me, Daniels. All right. Here's another offense coordinator who just auditioned for the job and didn't even know it, and that is Falcons offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan. He just put up 42 points on the Rams. 
<laughs> uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's been around for a little while. I mean, you know, he's been with the with the Redskins. He was, you know, with his dad in Denver. Um, he's another talented guy. He's he's a few tiers below McDaniel's. Uh, but you know what? That's not a knock on him. I mean, McDaniel's is is about as good as you're gonna get in terms of young offensive coordinator talent. Uh, so being a few rungs below him ain't bad. Plus, he has the guidance of his dad, who's been a very good head coach in this league. Uh, so that's a good guy to take a chance on. The only thing I'm worried about is that he doesn't have any prior head coaching experience. Yes, McDaniel's prior coaching experience, head coaching experience uh, ended pretty poorly. But like I said, it was a learning lesson. So Kyle Shanahan is going to make a lot of mistakes uh, as a first-time head coach. And I don't know if the Rams want to take a chance on that just yet. If I'm the Rams, I want to bring in a veteran head coach. All right. Tom Coughlin. <sighs> Tom Coughlin is everything you would want in a coach. But will he fit what the Rams want to do? Because as we all know, when he first went to the Giants, he had many issues, many struggles with player discipline, uh, you know, but they worked it out and they benefited greatly from it. Went to two Super Bowls. Uh, you know, he's an old school guy. He's an older guy. He doesn't really fit what you would think uh, a Hollywood town would want. But you know what? Maybe that's what they need, you know? So I, I said, go for it. I mean, I, I, at first, before when I started talking about it, I'm like, nah. But as I was talking my way through it, I'm like, you know what? The hell with it. Go ahead and do it. Bring in this veteran guy and build a foundation because that's what he will do. He will build a solid foundation. He will set your franchise straight on the right path. And, you know, it, you'll be a great situation for years to come. So I say do it. Go ahead with Coffin. John Gruden. John Gruden, first of all, from John Gruden's point of view, no, stay in the booth. You have the best job in the world. Like, I, I maybe like being a, a a porn star or something might be a better job. You know what I mean? Where you get paid to do something people like to do for free. This dude is getting paid a ton of money to talk football, like, or on the biggest stage there is, they, you know for Monday Night Football on the NFL. So he has the best job in the world. Why would you leave that to go to a job where you know it is a 100% fact you will be fired? It's just a, it's just, a, you know, it's just a matter of when. So why would you leave a cushion job that you could do for the next 20 years to go to a job where you're stressing out, you know what I mean, like you – you might get fired at any time. And there's so many elements goes into this. Cause yes, he might be the greatest coach in the world, but like uh, Bill Parcells say, like he needs to be able to, he might be the best cook and chef in the world, but if he can't go out and buy the groceries, then how can he, can, can, so how can he live up to his potential? You know? So if Gruden had a sweet deal where like he has control of everything, like I think Mike Holmgren had that when he went to the Seattle Seahawks, Maybe he would go for that, but at the same time, why would you want all that work? That's a lot of work, man. You can't be head coach, offensive coordinator, GM, uh, all these different labels, man. It's not humanly possible. So, John Gruden, 
stay in the booth. And if I'm the Rams, I say no because this dude has been out the game for a long time. And then right, one Super Bowl he got, he got that off of somebody else's back. You know what I mean? He got off somebody else's team, the team that somebody else built. All right. <clears throat> and lastly, Steelers offensive coordinator Todd Haley. <sighs> Todd Haley. You know what? With him, I mean, his stint. You know what? I will go because from what I said earlier, I said, like, you need a guy that has been in that driver's seat, you know, that guy that's been in that, you know, in that pilot seat. And he was a head coach with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, it was all his time there was all that great. He was only there for three years. Uh, he had a pretty terrible record. They, hit, they did make it to the postseason, but I mean, they lost. So I would give Ty Haley a shot. I would bring, I would bring Ty Haley in and see what he, and, and see what he has to say, see what his plans for our franchise is. Uh, you know what what his philosophy is, is because his philosophy is different than initially what the Steelers wanted, but and what Ben Roethlisberger wanted. But they eventually was able to work that out, and now you know the Pittsburgh Steelers are known for their offense now, when they used to be historically known for their defense. So yeah, I would get to do the shot, but if if I'm putting up a board, I'm putting up priority. I'm like Coughlin, McDaniel's, then Haley. But you know what? I got to bring those three guys in, see what they got to say to me, uh, figure out which one I like the most, which one vibes with what I'm trying to do, then make your decision from there. But if you bring in those three guys, have a sit down with them, take a serious look at them, I think the Rams are going to be all right. All right. All right. There's also some other NFL news that's going on. Actually, there was a big move today made out of Arizona. I guess some people can call this kind of a shocking move, but Wide receiver, the number two leading wide receiver on the Arizona Cardinals team, Michael Floyd, who was just 27 years old, was released by the Arizona Cardinals organization today, coming off steaming off of a DUI incident. And right now, we already know what the Cardinals are at, man. They're 5-7-1. season's pretty much a wrap. And I think right now, this is Bruce Arians sending a message to the rest of his team that, listen, this season's a wrap, but we're going to finish hard. We're going to finish on a positive note. And we're going to move on without Floyd. Yes, how how would this impact the team? I mean, you look at Floyd's numbers this season. I mean, 33 catches, 446 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, you know, the, he's second, you know, right behind Larry Fitzgerald. And then you look at his career, like I said, he's only 27 years old. He has only had 1,000, just one, 1,000 uh, yard, receiving yard season, which was in 2013. So here's his numbers. In his career. So in 2012, 45 catches for 562 yards. 2013, 65 catches for 1,041 receiving yards. 2014, 47 receptions for 841 yards. 2015, 52 catches for 849 yards. And this season, 33 catches for 446 yards with four touchdowns. So, you know, if you were a team that's heading into next season, you want to look at this guy to get a good look at this guy, you're saying, hey, we don't have a number two receiver. I could throw a lot of teams out there, but Floyd could be a solid pickup, you know, see what he has the rest of the year. Or maybe you want to just see what he can do next year, you know, see if he fits your offense, your team next year, heading into next season. Or maybe you could be a team this year who's saying, you know what, like the Vikings. You know, right now you look at their team, they have digs and, you know, feelings coming on this year. You know, he's been a solid number two, but, I mean, they could use another weapon, you know, big body receiver like Floyd. So, 
Chuck, let me let me let me just ask you this, man. What's your take on Floyd, man? What you think about Michael Floyd, man? I mean, you feel like his career has been a bust. You think he's overachieved, underachieved? What you think, man? Uh, I, he, he's definitely not a bust. Uh, I don't remember where he was drafted. Where was he drafted? I think he you was know? in the second round. Yeah, it was like second round. Oh, yeah, he's definitely not a bust. Even if he was taken in the late first round, I wouldn't give him the, I wouldn't give him the B word. You know, you got to reserve. You got to have some type of separation between him and a Jamarcus Russell. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Michael Floyd is a is a productive receiver. I mean, yes, his numbers haven't been great this year. I don't I don't know if he has a drinking problem. I don't know if he just made a mistake one night. Uh but you know, last year was the best year of his career. Uh this year he's he's fallen he's fallen off. I mean he's only started three games. Um so I don't I don't know what's going on with him. But he's very talented. I mean, you know, he's had his first year or I mean, sorry, my bad. Not last year, but twenty thirteen was his best year and he's steadily declined over the past couple of years. But you know, last year he still had over eight hundred receiving yards, you know, so he started seven games this year. Uh, but he needs to be more of a touchdown machine, I think, with having a big body like he has. I mean, only the most touchdowns he ever had in the season has been six touchdowns. I mean, he should at least be getting eight, nine touchdowns with his size, even more than that. I mean, he should be a 10 TD type of guy every year, you know. Um, so he's definitely productive. He's not a number one receiver. I think he would be a great complement to a lot of other speedy receivers out there. Um, you know, I I would take him, but I would have to find, investigate first, like what's really going on with this dude. Is he alky? Is he alcoholic or something? Like why, like, you know, why, first of all, what was up with this arrest? Second of all, like, has this been an issue in the past? Third of all, like, why has your production gone down over the past few years uh, when you was on a trajectory going up? I mean, because in his best season, you know, he 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 was averaging 16 yards of reception. I mean, 91 yards, uh, you know, 90, he had a, a long of 91 yards. And this year he has a long of 39 yards, only four touchdowns, averaging 13 and a half yards of reception. So it's I need to know what happened, yeah, what's going I, on with him. And if I could find out what's I, going on with him and I'm satisfied with that, I would bring him in. But if it's something mental going on, I'm cool. Yeah, I agree, man, because when you look at Floyd, you're sitting here saying, wow, big body receiver. He played in this Arizona Cardinals offense, had a great coach, Bruce Arians. You got a solid quarterback, Carson Palmer. And you're playing next to Larry Fitzgerald. What's going on? You know what I'm saying? So it's got to be more off the field issue. You know, as a team doing their homework, you got to do some extensive background check on this guy. You really got to dig your homework. And he's at 27 years old. I mean, is he going down? I mean, you know, off the field issues, it's becoming more of a main issue with him. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not going to throw no big money at no Michael Floyd. But anyway, we got to get into these week's games. We have a Thursday night game. Where we just start the show talking about these Rams. <laughs> I mean, they have an interim coach in Fossil. Uh, they're coming in to Seattle with the 32nd rank offense, which is dead last. We already know it's born. It's very predictable. And they have a rookie quarterback in golf. I just want to see how this team is going to come out and play in Seattle. We already know how Seattle, the 12th man, is hostile environment. But these aren't the same Seattle Seahawks. <clears throat> and what I mean by that, no Earl Thomas. Uh, Russell Wilson only has 13 touchdown passes on the year and 10 picks. He's just coming off a five-pick game against the Packers. So Wilson is struggling. 
the Seahawks secondary is starting to give up some big plays back there. You know, like I said, Noel Thomas, Stephen Terrell struggling. Your boy uh, Deshaun C starting outside of uh, Richard Sherman. He's struggling. Maybe Jeremy Lane might need to take over position, uh, relegate him to uh, 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 to nickel. I mean, there's some big questions going on in Seattle. I don't know what's going on, but the Rams, I just want to see him come out and play tough. I want to see him play some inspired football. Open up this offense, man. Really, I mean, you have a wide receiver, Brian Quick. I mean, Quick on the year is 36 catches, 503 yards. Get him the ball. Kendricks, the tight end, 44 catches on the season. So just start spreading that ball around, man. Let just just let golf come, stay in the shotgun formation. You know, just kind of take it back to the days of Cal. Just have fun. You only got three games left, so just start airing it out. But with all that being said, Seattle's pissed off. They got their ass whipped in Green Bay. You already heard Richard Sherman came on and said, everybody has a bad game. I'm not, man. Y'all just got your ass whooped. <laughs> you know, so I look for them to bounce back. But we already know the history of the Rams and the Seahawks is always a close game. This is going to be a slugfest. And for the Rams, man, once again, I just want to see this defensive line dominate. I mean, we're talking about William Hayes. My boy Michael Brockers, Robert Quinn, Dominique Easley, and your boy Aaron McDonald. I mean, come on, y'all should wreck having this game on that sorry Seattle offensive line. But with that being said, I got to go with the Seahawks in this game. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Seahawks. But the thing I, I'm going to look closely at, and I want other folks to look closely at, is how the Rams play. How hard would they play? What kind of effort would they get? And that will tell you how they feel about Jeff Fisher. Like just why if they come out if they come out and they play hard, you'd be like, damn, this is the best game they play. That means they actually like to do how however incompetent he was in terms of putting a put a winning football field on the team, that means they appreciate the coach. But if they come out there and, and lay an egg, they didn't give a damn about the dude. They probably they was they was happy he was gone, you know. So I just watch that. I'm gonna be watching that closely, fans, and I want you to watch it too. Just how what kind of effort would the Rams put out? And that will tell you everything you need to know about how they feel about Jeff Fisher and him being fired. All right. Uh, what are you picking in this game, Chuck? Oh, I said I'm picking uh, Seattle. Okay, you're picking Seattle. All right. Speaking of effort, man, I got to give some effort to them Jets. I mean, last week they were down to them 49ers. I was like, hey, man, look at these Niners. You know, they jumped out. Quick score, had a quick pick six with Jimmy Ward. I'm like, all right, Niners, okay, I'll see you come to play. Carlos Hyde running all over. That Jets defense, but the Jets woke up in the second half. And, and, I, and, I, and I actually just got to say something here, man, because I heard a couple people, man, I actually heard one announcer was talking about, oh, Revis Island is back. Revis Island is back. He held a, uh, he held a 49ers receiver to no catches. Oh, Revis Island's back. Nope, 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 stop, man. Like Chuck says, man, Chuck says every week he breaks it down the best, man. What, what what do you say about Revis Island, Chuck? Go ahead and let the fans know, man. For all y'all out there that don't believe in climate change, not global warming, that was bad marketing. That was bad branding. It's not global warming. It's climate change means the planet, climate is changing. The, the polar ice caps are melting, which means the seawaters are rising, which means <laughs> Revis Island is not at the bottom of the ocean because the sedum rose up over that little-ass island, and now he getting burnt by bummy whiny wide receivers out there giving half-ass efforts. Yeah, it's no more Revis Islands, man. It's Revis uh, – what's, what's the thing at the bottom of the coral reef? <laughs> he's, a, he's a coral reef now. It's, it's Revis Coral Reef. No, hold on. It's Coral Revis. Yeah, Coral Reeves, all right, man. All yeah, right, yeah, man. I like he's that. now Coral Reeves, no longer yeah. Reeves Island. 
Yeah, and Reeves Island right now is underwater. We talking about, and you know, I don't want nobody attack me on this because you know, um, we already know the um, anniversary of you know Pearl Harbor this past man, but. His island is underneath water, man, with the World War II planes from that era, man. <laughs> Seriously, man. That's how far Revis Island is, man. It is way underwater, man. You know, you're going to have to put about $10 million, man, worth of money, man, and go down there and try to find, man, because <laughs> it's way down there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. So, like I said, man, whoever that announcer, whoever the company's uh, analysts coming out are saying, oh, Revis back, you got to keep in mind. The number one wide receiver the San Francisco 49ers have is Jeremy Curley. You understand that? Jeremy Curley. So, that being said, he shut down the 49 wide receiver. Ooh, wow. Ooh, wow. He's back. Okay, whatever. But anyway, man, I'm not going to talk too much on this game because Petty was decent last week's, you know, second game. Well, actually, his first game he started, only 257 yards pass interception. My boy Powell ran all over them 49ers, 145 yards. 29 carries. You know, Chuck, I love when teams run the ball and use those running backs. And for the mm-hmm. Dolphins, it's the Matt Moore show. Matt Moore takes over, man. We already know Ryan Tannehill, ACL, MCL sprain. He might come back if they make the playoffs. My boy Ajayi got shut down, 20 carries, 48 yards. But, man, I'm sorry, man. That defense is stepping it up on Miami. Wake, nine and a half sacks. Maxwell, Alonzo, Sue. I can't believe I'm saying Maxwell, but he's balling, man. He stepped his play up. <laughs> That whole team has, and I'm sorry, man. I got to go with the Dolphins game, 23-16. <sighs> this is a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna try to keep it. I'm gonna try to keep it quick, even though I'm going slow as hell right now. I, I'm gonna go with the Dolphins too, even though I the Jets could, depending on what type of effort they come out there, where they could win. But I'm gonna go with the Dolphins, man. This, this is a tough one. I wouldn't put no money on this game. Nah, nah. All right. San Francisco, man, you blew a, you blew actually your second chance of getting a victory this season, man. You you actually almost had your second victory this season, but you couldn't hold on to the lead against the Jets. And we already talking about the Jets team has just packed it in, and you let them come back and beat your ass. That's sad. So therefore, you're taking on the Falcons. I ain't really got to explain this game. Falcons gonna win this game because they're on the mission. They will not let these 49ers beat them. So I'm taking the Falcons. I'm not going to predict the score because it's not even worth talking about. You're just going to see Falcons won. That's all that matters. Yeah, like you said, it's not even worth talking about Falcons win. But I will say this. Last week, Nick, you know, I called you and I told you I was smacking too good on that phone. When I I had me some bean pie. You know, I when I when every time I see uh, uh, Kaepernick without his helmet on, I always think about bean pie, my brother. With that throw mm-hmm. out there, but yeah, I just had to throw that out there. Y'all, if y'all never had bean pie, y'all need to find y'all a nation of Islam brother somewhere and get that bean pie because that's delicious. I know you don't like beans, neat, but you just you you just out out in the cold because that that pie was delicious, like sweet potato pie, but it's made out of beans. All right, man, and I appreciate the compliment, man. I appreciate yeah, the compliment. That, I'm out in the cold. <laughs> Once again, no, I appreciate that compliment. With. <laughs> right, that, that had nothing to do with that had nothing to do with uh, football at all. But that bean pie was good, and I just had to get that out there. Yeah, but anyway, man, next game, right, yeah, hey, it's all right, man. We, you know we love to eat, man. Ain't nothing wrong with reminiscing about that good old eating. <laughs> mm-hmm. right, yeah, right, that, that bean pie was it was on point, man. They did. Oh, when you get the bean pie, put it in the refrigerator because it be they give you you know they out in that corner give you like room temperature, whatever the phrase is. Now put it in the refrigerator. Ah, it's twice as good and it's uh, it's already delicious. Get you a bean pie, brother. 
All right, big up to Chuck, man, who has maybe a feature in uh, speaking and being a spokesman for a bean pie for the Nation of Islam, you know, if they're paying well. So, Nation of Islam, if you want to holler at Chuck as your spokesman for the bean pie, come holler at my boy. But you ain't taking away from me, man. That's my boy. I love my boy, Chuck. All right. But anyway, bean five pie, and eight Philadelphia. Yeah, I know. I know. Five and eight Philadelphia Eagles traveled to take on the 76 Baltimore Ravens. And I'm just going to say this, man. I am so disappointed in this Eagles defense because you got Benny Logan. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Connor Barwin, and Vinny Curry. And you know what that produces? You know what that equals? That equals only 18 and a half sacks on the season. And that's where the strength of this team is. And they just disappear, man. I mean, this whole D-line is a magician squad. I mean, they, they show up here. And then, they, ooh, you want to see my magic trick? Watch this. Nothing. <laughs> you know, it just shows up like nothing. I'm like, damn, all right. So with that being said, I don't know what this magician squad is going to do this week, man. So I got to go with the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens were kind of embarrassed on Monday Night Football. Yeah, that score is a little close, but, you know, Patriots had a little special team, blah, 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 blah. But they still couldn't stop Brady, even though they're healthy in the secondary. But I got to go with the Ravens in this game. It's going to be a close game, man, because them Eagles are going to come to play. They're going to put you in a fight. But I got to go with the Ravens in this game, close game, 27-20. And fans, did you do what I told you to do? Watch Joe Flacco. This game, their last game, Against New England, he just he lived up to his name, Captain Checkdown. Yes, every now and then he threw the ball deep, but every, but ninety percent of the time his passes was a checkdown. That's why his name is Captain Checkdown, and I can't go with Cap- Captain Checkdown going against my boy Carson Wentz, who's a future star in the making. He may not win the Super Bowl like Flacco did, but. I'd be damned Carson Wentz is going to be a better quarterback than this dude. So I'm going with the Eagles in this one over the Ravens. All right. Well, the Cleveland Browns get their first victory as they travel with the Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills with Rex Ryan probably going to be on his way out before the season end or probably on Black Monday. But I don't see Rex Ryan coming back to Buffalo because they tired of his antics. They tired of his ass. They just tired of you, Rex. Just Rex, just stick to being the defense coordinator. Please don't ever be an NFL head coach again. But the Browns, man. You know you was going to have a little bad weather game going against the Bengals, man. But here's my thing. I look at the stats. I say, Crowell, 10 carries, 113 yards. You got RG3 who hasn't played in a long time. Only 12 completions, you know, 28 yards, 104 yards. But, Hugh, man, what are you doing, man? I know you probably getting the big head like, oh, man, you know, Terrell Parker, he's doing his thing this year. He's going to have a big game. So you want to try to get the ball to him. That ain't happening because, like Adam Pac-Man Jones said, where's Terrell Pryor at? What trash can is he in, you know? So with that being said, I'm disappointed because this is a bad team. You got a quarterback who's, you know, who hasn't played in a while. Why don't you run the damn football? Seriously, man. He, Crowell should got at least 20-plus carries. So, in this game, if they run the ball, they might have a little bit of chance. But you already know what's going to happen with these Bills. McCoy's going to be pissed off because he got shut down last week. McCoy's going to run all over this Browns defense. So, we know the Bills can't throw the football. Both teams really can't throw the football. So, it's just going to be battles of running backs. But I trust the Bills a little bit more than I trust the Browns game. I'm taking the Bills on this one. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Bills as well. And like you said, uh, Terrell Pryor, he's in that trash can with with uh with Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street because <laughs> you go out there and talk all this trash. Uh, I mean, yes, you're having a a pre you know the best season of your career, like your career period. You know, as a wide receiver, it does not make you some type of elite wide receiver. Just go out and talk trash because yeah, even though Adam Jones man had his problems in the past. 
this dude has been a very good corner. He's still a very good corner. He's not as good as he was last year. I mean, last year he played out his mind. So, and then, you know, he from the, he from the projects, G. Yeah, I mean, you right. just can't go out there. And, I sound, that sounded so stupid. But anyway, yeah, he, <laughs> he, that's just the, that's the last dude in the NFL you want to talk trash with because he's low sensitive. He get in his emotions and he shut your ass down just like the rest of the team. You know, so uh, just lead a trash talking man until you you put up some real numbers. And you know, if, if somebody asked me this week, like, because you know, I, I'm saying the Browns go on 16. Somebody asked me like, if 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 Hugh Jackson came up to you and asked you uh, about his decision to 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 go to Cleveland, believing the Cincinnati, leaving your Cincinnati Bengals and going to Cleveland, what would you say? He chose poorly. <laughs> Thank you, Knight from. Uh, Indiana Jones, yes, he chose poorly. So, and so his hold team on, that's don't what, go So that's what you would say, right? Now mm-hmm. you know I was gonna play with my little insert from uh, Pulp Fiction, but I'm not gonna do that because I was gonna say <laughs> step aside, but but you know I'm gonna say on that if he came and said, "What would you do, Nick?" I say, you know what? Go on get the kill. Go on get him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Go on get the kill. Yeah, man. But you know what? Hey, Browns fans. Uh, I wish I could say something positive, man, but it ain't that positive to say, dude. Like, but you, but, you know, but you know what, though, man? The Green Bay and Chicago game, I do got to say a little bit positive about the Bears, man. The last couple weeks, the Bears have not packed it in. And I got to give props, man, to Jordan Howard, man, the rookie. Five touchdowns on the year, 969 yards. Should get 1,000 yards in his rookie season against his Green Bay. But I'm going to tell you what, man, these Packers, man, they, they on fire. They balling because their secondary is finally healthy. We talking about Randall, Rollins, Dix, and Hyde, Burnett, Gunter. And they're all healthy and they're all playing at a high level because, you know, last week they had five picks. And also Aaron Rodgers, man. Aaron Rodgers just AR. You know what he does, man. I mean, looking on the season, 32 touchdowns, season seven picks. But that being said, the Bears don't have the second day to cover these wide receivers. I got to go with the Packers in this game. I'm going to keep saying it over and over. I'm going to keep rubbing it in like salt in the wound. Everybody got short-term memories earlier this season. What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Oh, what's wrong? <laughs> Like I said back then, ain't a damn thing wrong with this dude. This dude is a monster. He continue to be a monster. And I just wish my boy Jay Cutler was a monster like Aaron Rodgers. But my boy Jay Cutler don't give a damn. He right now collect, got his feet up collecting checks. And But but funny enough, the Bears are playing better without him. But ain't going to be good enough because Green Bay Packers going to win this one. All right, New Orleans Saints coming in 5-8, and eight, taking on a 5-7-1 Arizona Cardinals. And I'm telling you right now, I got to go with the Saints in this one. I know Breeze hasn't been like Breeze, six picks the last couple games. But I'm telling you, the loss of Floyd is going to hurt this offense because now you're looking at J.J. Nelson moves in, John Brown. We're talking about these guys are slot receivers. They're going to move into number two position the slot, I mean, uh, spot. So, with that being said, man, the Cardinals just keep shooting themselves in the foot, man. Special team blunders. They just – Carson Palmer throwing them picks. They just can't get out their own way. <laughs> I just don't trust them Cardinals, man. Bruce Arians talking about, I don't know, he might step away from the game. He's got health issues because that's what the team play is doing to the man. He's a great coach. With that being said, I got to take the Saints in the shootout in this game. Yeah, I'm going with the Saints because Drew Brees – I'm thinking he's going to have over 5,000 yards passing this year. I mean, he's already over 4,100 yards, and he's still got three games to go. Uh, I mean, 5,000 yards and maybe 40 touchdowns, man. He's still got three games to go. Uh, a lot of football left to play, and I'm, like, unique. I don't trust these Arizona Cardinals. 
I think Bruce Aarons tried to send a message with by cutting Floyd, and I don't think the message would be received because these are all veteran, mostly veteran guys on this team, and it's like with an old person, man. You can't you you can't change you can't change the mind of a seventy year old man. They're gonna be the they're gonna be who they are, and you got veterans on this team. They're gonna be who they are, and what they are right now is an enigma. They five seven and one, and this ain't gonna change. After this game, they're going to be 5 8 and 1. All right. 11 and 2 New England Patriots coming to Mile High to take on the Denver Broncos, who are 8 and 5, and they're struggling to hold on to that final wild card spot in the AFC Conference. But I'm going to just say it like this Colorado, I know you guys legalize marijuana, but you got a <laughs> blunt that's coming from the Northeast on the East Coast, from the Beantown coming to. Colorado to the state and the mile high. You guys better get ready for this blunt because this is about to be the most potent blunt that you guys have ever seen and smell because this blunt is going to be running all through this Broncos defense because Belichick's going to have a game plan and he's just going to pound that ball because that's what the Broncos struggle to do is to stop the run. We know they have Ware. We know they have Ray. We know they have Miller who like to be on those edges and go after Brady. They're going to try to do that. But that blunt is going to come right up that gap, A gap, B gap, and C gap. So get ready for the most potent blunt that you guys have ever witnessed in the stadium of the mile high. And I got to go with the Patriots. Why they, you know, you you brung up the blunt, I'm going to bring up the white lightning. If y'all that don't know what <laughs> white lightning is, that's moonshine. I'm bringing up the white lightning with the Patriots, man, because, uh, yes, the Patriots going to go struggle. Or, sorry, the Broncos going to struggle trying to stop um Garrett Blunt but the but the Broncos also going to struggle trying to stop Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan and uh Danny Amendola if he's able to if he's able to play because white some little power, quick white, white boys <laughs> cuz the the quick little white boys the quick like little, little white boys going to put it on them uh yeah I don't see I don't really see a path to the Broncos winning this game like I think the only path is coming is putting pressure on Tom Brady like but if the Patriots, but if the Patriots are able to run the ball, that's going that's going to cancel that out. So if they they have to stop the run, like you said, Nick, and they got to put pressure on. I mean, Von Miller got to start Demarco, uh, Demarcus Ware. They got to put pressure on Tom Brady, make him feel a little antsy back there, make him do the two step back there, making you know dance around, and then the Broncos have a chance and do you know make some plays on special teams, and the Broncos had a chance to win. But besides that, man, when you combine that blunt. You know, we combine that blunt with that white lightning, man. It's gonna be a hell of a night, man. Just like Belichick's gonna say a press conference. Just you know how Belichick keep it short and simple. What y'all think of that blunt? <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. With that being said, let's move on. All right. You got my Raiders ten to three. Who got you know a little? I ain't gonna say fully reflect fresh, man, because you know they had a little uh little weight, man, uh because they played last Thursday night, disappointing Thursday night game, coming off that loss against the Chiefs. They're going to be traveling to San Diego to take on these Chargers without Melvin Gordon, who's out for this game, and this is gonna be kind of like a home game for the Raiders, and I think the Raiders are gonna bounce back. I look for Carr to have big game. Weather's gonna be sunny. And I look for Murray to get and run that ball as well. Cooper and Crabtree, you guys got holding the ball. I think he will in this game. That being said, just too much weapons for the Raiders, man. I just think Raiders going to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders, too. Uh, it's the division game. As we know, anything can happen in the division game. First time they played, it was a close game. You know, the Raiders pull it out uh, by three points. I think this is going to be another close game. Uh, even though uh, I think Melvin Gordon is out, 
Uh, I don't know if that's official or not yet. Yeah, it's official. It's official. Yeah. So Melvin Gordon won't be playing, so it's going to be a tough challenge. But we all know Phillip Rivers, that man is is very fertile. I mean, sorry, that that man is that that dude is a a warrior. He's gonna go out there. He's gonna fight to the end. And like I said, it's a division game. Anything can happen. But the Raiders got too many weapons. All right, all right. Let's move on to Monday Night Football. Carolina five and eight, man. This season's a wrap. You got the Redskins fighting for that playoff spot, that wild card in the NFC conference. I gotta take the Redskins this game, man, just because Cousins still playing a high level. They got more weapons, man. Carolina, Cam. I don't know what's going on with that offense, man. I mean, he's just not in sync with his receivers. His accuracy is off. I still think he's still concussed, man. <laughs> I think so, man. His mind is just not right. And with that being said, I got to take the Redskins in this game. I think the Redskins are going to put up 35 points. I say 35-23. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Redskins on this too. Uh, Carolina Panthers. What happened to y'all? Y'all slime so highly at this point last year. Now look at you. So, you know, get it together. And it's not just because they got – not. it's not because of one man, just because they got rid of Josh Norman, though. It's more than that. That was just a, a piece of it. But, you know, Redskins in this one. All right. Eight and five, Tampa Bay traveling to Big D, my hometown, Dallas, to take on 11-2 Cowboys are coming off a tough loss on Sunday night football. I'm going to tell you like this, man. You got to watch out for these bucks. I mean, you look at the offense. We already know it's Winston, Martin, and Evans. But they have these other guys, Humphreys, Bray, and then that defense, man, Robert Ayers and uh, my boy Noah Spence, the rookie, they both have combined for 11 sacks. And you got one of the best trio of linebackers, Daryl Smith, Kawan Alexander, Levante David. I'm telling you, man, Cowboys better get ready for the fast defense. This is going to be a close game. I got to go with the Bucks, man. I think these Bucks, man, they're on the mission, man. They got their communication issues under control, man. Back in that second day, they was dooming them early in the season. But I think these Bucks, man, they on the mission, man. I'm going to take the Bucks in a close game. Yeah, don't be ashamed. Nick, say it. Say it loud and say it proud. I'm going with the Bucks too. I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, and, and what I'm gonna have my eye on is that Dallas O line, who I can't lie, man. I I got a, I, I, it's not a man crush, but whatever the phrase is, I got a crush on the offensive line. It's just a, a thing of beauty when you watch them play together against this Tampa Bay front seven. Like you said, it's a lot of talent on this front seven. Uh, Levante David, I mean, I love watching him play. It, I mean, it, it that front seven on the Bucks is nice. So I'm gonna keep my eyeballs on that, and I think the Bucks gonna be able to pull it out. All right, Indianapolis, <clears throat> excuse me, Indianapolis at Minnesota. I got to take the Vikings in this game. I don't know why, I man. I don't trust both of these teams, but Luck already questionable with elbow injuries. It's always something with Luck, man. And that that that, that Vikings front seven, they're going to get after Luck. So I just believe in the Vikings a little bit more. I believe in these Colts on this road game. So I'm going to go with the Vikings in the close game. Even though the Vikings is my B team, is you know, it's my, my favorite NFC team. And I love Mike Zimmer. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Colts on this one. I've been riding with the Colts all year long, and everybody else been sleeping on them. Uh, yeah, they're third in division right now. You know, last week was a tough loss against the Texans. I thought they was going to be able to pull it out. Um, but, you know, Javion Clowney showed up, you know, so it, it was a tough one. So I don't see no Javion Clowney on the Vikings, even though they have a very, very talented defensive front and defense in general. I'm just going to have to roll with them Colts, man. I've been rolling with this long. I'm going to have to roll with it, even though it pains me because I love the Minnesota Vikings. But All right, uh, less than two minutes. All right, less than two minutes left. All right. 
Jags can't get right Jags at the Houston Texans. I mean, golly, boy, this is an ugly game. I mean, Brock Oswald, 14 picks, 14 touchdowns season, and you are sending $2 million. Get out of here, man. I'm sorry, man. Jags can't get right. I got to go with the Texans in this game. Miller's going to have a big game, close game. I'm taking the Texans. Yeah, I'm going with Texas because I think Javion Clowney is hot right now, and that dude is a difference maker. Uh, and I think he's going to bring it again this week, so I'm going with the Texans. All right, Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs, man. I got to take the Titans in this one. I'm going with the upset because I believe in the Murray and Henry show, and they're going to ride it high in this game. I'm going with the Titans. I'm going with the Chiefs. All right, Detroit Lions at the New York Giants. You know, I got to go with my G, man, because I know that defense is going to keep it going. I'm going with the Giants in this game. I think Marvin Jones gonna show up. Uh, he 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 longs for the bright lights. And I think he's gonna show up. It's just about Stafford getting him. Getting, it's just about them getting him the ball. So I'm gonna go to Detroit in this. All right, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Chuck. Your show game. Who you got? You know I gotta go with the Bengals, but we've been playing like crap, even though we won the last game. And Mike Nugent got to go. You got to yep. go. Yep, Mike Nugent just got. So he's no longer with the Bengals. So with that being said, fans, if you missed the show live, always go to iTunes, look for the Nick and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. We will see you guys next week.